This episode of The Gavel and the Gabble is brought to you by Audible. Audible is a monthly subscription service that gives you access to the world's largest selection of audiobooks, including bestsellers and brand new releases. Audible are offering our listeners to this podcast one free audiobook of your choice. It's yours to keep even if you cancel. That's not all, Simon, because with the 30-day free trial, you can enjoy unlimited listening to the Plus catalogue which has thousands of Audible originals, podcasts and select audiobooks. Now, after your free trial, it's just £7.99 a month. You'll get one audiobook each month and continue to have unlimited access to the Plus catalogue. Thankfully, it works on all mobile devices, renews automatically, and you can cancel easily at any time. To get your free audiobook on us, the gavel in the gabble, and a 30-day free Audible trial, just click our exclusive link in the episode description. Welcome back to The Gavel and the Gavel. It's me, Harry, and I am joined. He's not at Windsor Auctions anymore, but he was for a couple of days because we've been auctioneering. How are you? Uh, it's me, Simon, from... I've made it back to Devon. Thank goodness. Yeah, he's, the smile on your face is broad. <laughs> uh, no, Windsor, Windsor's been absolutely delightful um, for the last couple of days. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thoroughly enjoyed it. We had a good two days on the rostrum, didn't we? We did. We had a few laughs, probably too many. Um, uh, it, has come up in, it has come up in conversation that we chat too much on the rostrum with a few people. And then a lot of other people who absolutely love it. Yeah, so we've had two days of sales. So we are recording this podcast. This is a very... Um, this is a very weird relationship we have, isn't it? It is because rather, yeah. we've done we've done uh, a Friday and a Saturday auctioneering in Windsor. It's now Sunday while we're recording this podcast, where we spend the day apart. But rather than spend the day apart, we've decided <laughs> we've got to record one of these. And then I'm coming to Devon because yep. tomorrow morning we're auctioneering again down at Lime Bay Auctions. Yeah, it's fantastic, isn't it? That works. And I'm in trouble with your wife. Uh, you are. Uh, yeah, she doesn't like you because you wanted to offer somebody a job share. So that's gone well. Well, I I thought, now I appreciate that we own both businesses, but that they are two separate corporate entities. I get all of that. But, you know, we're one big happy family. And because Sophie before is you, doing on, so Before well, you carry on, before you carry on, I would remind you that unlike you, Emma, my wife, listens to this podcast. I know. To check what the tourists are chatting about. So if this is I you know. publicly apologising, I'm loving it. <laughs> so I thought we were one big happy family. Now, we are. the issue that I may have stumbled into is that our friend and colleague Sophie, who is now doing easy live bidding on the rostrum with us two Herberts, how the hell she puts up with us for five hours at a time on the rostrum, I have no idea, but she does, and she fits in brilliantly, and she's doing an amazing job. And we have talked about bringing Easy Live down to Lime Bay Auctions. May have had a conversation with Sophie without running it past the boss, Emma, first. That was mm, my conversation with Sophie was overheard. How about you come and do this down at Lime Bay Auctions? You're really good at this. Sit on the rostrum at Lime Bay. <laughs> come over on the Sunday night. Stay at a Premier Inn. N nothing's too much. Hey, I won't have a word said against our new sponsors, Premier Inn. I stay in plenty of those. <laughs> Don't knock it. <laughs> 
oh dear. Um, so what I didn't realize is we had this conversation on the rostrum and the boss, Emma, was stood right next to me and I hadn't realized. So I've now been accused of poaching. Oh, accused is a very strong word. No, and she hasn't, um, but she has... Um... She's going to no, let no, she's it play. Right. She's, she's, going no, to she's let right. It play. She's going to let it play out and see how you get on with that conversation. Yeah, she's right. I, I don't want that conversation because <laughs> I'm genuinely scared. I'm genuinely scared. Couldn't get out of Windsor Auctions fast enough yesterday and on the 303 back down to the uh, the sanctuary that is Devon. Dear listener, what often happens after an auction at Windsor Auctions is that the when the office closes, uh, the team decamp to the fabulous Windsor Brewery Tap Room. Give them a shout out. Mm -hmm. On this occasion, Simon chose sitting in traffic on the A303 way above uh, a shandy in the pub. But there you go. Uh, Yes, so if you are a follower of business uh, podcasts and you would like commercial advice as how to deal with your business partners, uh, info at Lime Bay Auctions and uk, <laughs> and my erstwhile colleague Simon will come back to you and uh, tell you how not to go how about. not to do it. So basically, any <laughs> advice I give you about you know the interpersonal relationships uh, within an organisation, ignore them. 100% because mm. all it's going to do is get you in a world of trouble, I can assure yeah, you. I think stick to auctioneering and antiques, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to the lovely Emma, I'm very sorry. Good. Lovely. I love that. Um, now, um, I have to tell you that we've had some producer stats in. And basically from next week, next month, uh, the uh, hosts of this podcast should be Michael Baggett and Pablo the Dog. Because those are the two people who generate the most comments, most listeners. <laughs> so we've been we've been overthrown. Um, is what you're saying? And basically, he said you two have got to up your game um, <laughs> because more people have emailed in oh. about uh, Michael's ivory episode and Pablo the dog and Simon's complete capitulation capitulation that's a word regarding dog ownership um if it makes <sighs> anybody feel any better i am currently in possession of Pablo's sister, who is sister. currently <laughs> residing with me. So hang on, hang on. Take a step back here. Mm. You, yes. I, I, th- I think this might be karma, by the way. So let uh, me yeah. get this right. Let me That's get this right. You went yes. to buy a cocker spaniel for your mother-in-law, the lovely yes. silver polisher Brenda, who we yes. love and revere and admire. As mentioned you in went previous episodes. You to buy episodes. her yeah, yes. a cocker spaniel. Yes. And the Cocker Spaniel is now living with you. Half six this morning, dumped on my bed. <laughs> <laughs> and I consider this absolute karma for you forcing me to take Pablo on as you did. I, yeah, uh, okay, I'll accept all of that. And uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Now you're going to have to uh, social. We're really going to be out of a job now. It'd be Pablo and Clemmy or whatever his name is. Her name is. Yes, that's the other thing. Uh, Mabel uh, has been renamed uh, Clementine. Uh, so she's now Clemmy. So she's obviously got, and she's also suffering from split personality dog disorder. Fortunately, oh, it, was in, it was within a week. And uh, so she has been renamed and she's very sweet and she is very lovely. If I'm brutally honest, wasn't quite as we have previously discussed in my game plan. <laughs> 
Um, how's Burt's? I'm slightly worried about Burt's because I love Burt's dearly. Burt's is um, the auction, our auction dog, and yes. Harry and Emma's dog. And mm. what what is he? A German German pointer, and he's lovely. How how chuffed is he? Yeah, he's a bit like me. Changed, not a huge fan, and also the fact that he seems to be spending large proportions of his time walking around with a puppy hanging off his ears. <laughs> And the look on his face oh, no. is very much, is this a long-term thing or yeah. Yeah. am I, do I have to be polite for the next two days or can I really give it a good hefty pat with a paw and make it stop doing this? <laughs> but there you go. Right, back to oh, auctioneering. Well back to the auctioneering yeah, now, and tales so, of auction house. Go on. Last two days was yes. really good, wasn't it? I mean... I mean, the market's interesting at the moment, Harry. I would suggest, would you not? I think that the conversations going on in the marketplace at the moment are, and it's funny, isn't it? Because we saw uh, it was a Gustav Klimt, wasn't it? Sold yes. for a record, a sold for a record ninety-four uh, price. million, Something most like expensive that. European artwork ever. But yes, but there is a disparity between, obviously. Provincial auction houses and auction houses, uh, such you know, selling these sort of standalone amazing pieces. And I would suggest that the market is very busy with lots of people looking. And certainly we've seen an uptick in our general sales where because we do house clearances and that sort of stuff where we're selling lots of general stuff. Um, because people can buy general kit for their houses a lot cheaper. So that's helping with the cost of living crisis, which is great news. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's avoiding landfill. The stuff's getting reused. So I'm a massive fan of that. Huge. But I would suggest that prices and eagerness on on mid-range is fairly static currently. Yeah. Demand is good, but if it's a moment the wrong side of the right price interest just drops off and whereas before we could usually cajole and we're not blowing our own trumpets but we're pretty good at that we have a a fairly unique style hence the podcast um but we're quite good at that and that i think has is tailing off a bit we are also i mean what we've seen with the and next month will be a big because we'll just talk about that in a second but next month will be a good test we are seeing more people view live but Mm. bid online Absolutely. Because we've got these two platforms. So there's fewer people in the room, which I find annoying you quite love because we're on different sides of that debate. But next month, like a lot of auction houses in the UK, we're lucky we've got one of the TV shows, uh, yeah. Celebrity Antiques Road Trip, filming at Windsor, haven't we? Mm-hmm. We don't know who's coming and all that sort of stuff. They don't tell you until they arrive on the day. It's great fun. But we will see whether that brings in more bodies on the actual day. Because there are fans of the show and they do like to be around and it's great fun, isn't it? And I know a couple of people um, at the weekend were like, oh, if I put something in the auction, and I would, <laughs> th- yes, please do. But no, that's not how it works. They're not buying your, They're not buying your stuff. They're all selling. But it was really interesting, really interesting. So we will see how that, uh, see how that pans out. But yeah, no, I mean, we, we had one precious metal, didn't we, with a uh, chap selling an awful lot of gold. I think that's oh. what you may be alluding to. You've got to listen to your auctioneer. Mm-hmm. would be all I would say. I'm not, everybody wants to maximise their money at the moment. I fully understand that. But you do listen to what your auctioneer has to say regarding price because we do know what we're talking about. And across the industry, we've been doing it a long time and there's always people we can check our uh, checks and balances regarding int- in- information stuff. And the disparity between getting your estimates £50 the wrong way is quite dramatic. 
I think it was a that particular patch of the auction was very much indicative of how auctions work today and probably always have to a degree in that and I hate to say this greedy gets none yeah that is you if you are risk averse a hundred you know if you are very risk averse don't put your stuff to auction don't do it because you you're gonna struggle with the concept of how this game works now Harry and I both know that in a house clearance where you might have 50 to 100 lots, some are going to surprise you. And I can't believe you got that much for that chair. I can't. I, yeah, well, it did well on the day. I can't guarantee it will do the same next. There were multiple people interested. And yeah, it made way overestimate. And then there will be the items where the client will say, oh, I thought that might make a little bit more. If you are the type of person who focuses, who, and we get these, not all the time, but, it, you know, infrequently, if you look at your statement and you only want to focus on the one thing that didn't do £20 more than you thought it would, don't do, don't do auctions. And we had a classic example of that on Saturday of an individual who put lots of really lovely things, you know, sovereigns, um, gold, jewellery. Um, and unfortunately, panicked at the last minute, bumped up all his reserves. How many of his lots sold, Harry? Uh, two or three. We got we got offers within, you know, 5%. You know, it's yeah. one of those things. And it, you've got to attract attention. You've got to attract attention well, to your lots. Let me lots. jump in there. Let me jump in there. Because the sale room, particularly during lockdown, uh, the sale room who are the website attached to the ATG or either way around, whichever way we want to look at it, who a lot of auction houses, including ourselves, both our auction houses, stream on the sale room, um, and you could bid live, etc. They did some amazing work, didn't they, on yep. stats and all the rest of it. Very, very helpful. Lots of webinars and all that sort of stuff. Great stuff. Any really case, good. they found that if you are brave mm. and start things low, weirdly, you will get a percentage higher than the percentage you thought you than the price you thought you were going to get because you get the auction further. Doesn't work every time, but percentage wise, it does. And therefore, it's really interesting. And we saw examples of that, and we see examples of that in every sale, that if a client says, I'm not sure whether the family legend about this item is true. Mm -hmm. I think it's a good thing. Harry, you think it's a good thing. But I would rather get it sold, start the price low, and we'll see where the market goes. So we had a collection of Aboriginal items. So there was a shield, some fighting sticks, boomerang, that sort of stuff. And he brought them in and he said, these were presented to my mother. And, but I'm not sure. They could be just, you know, they've got a box of Tourist these wear. sort of items and they bring them out and they're very pretty. And they say, thanks so much for helping us over whatever it was, yada, yada, yada. Here you go. This is from us. Or they could have some sort of significance. And he said, but let's put them in at 100 to 200 pounds. You know, we were talking to him and saying, look, we did suggest a little bit more, to be fair. Uh, put them in 100 to 200 because then the market and the market will do its worst or its best, Harry. And I'm relaxed about that. But, you know, I don't want them. They're not for me. But, you know, and the pennies will come in helpful currently. Yada, yada, yada. And what do they make? 1,700. Yeah, 1,700. We had phone bids online in the room. Oh, it's fabulous. £1,700. And you know what I like I like about that, Harry, if I can just jump in, is that that particular individual trusted his local auction house. 
you'd obviously told him how it works, that we're going on the internet. We are here to build the market. We will promote this stuff. Uh, we will photograph it well. We will describe it properly. The world will see it and the world will make a decision. And he said, you know what, Harry, go for it. And as I say before, fortune favours the brave. What was the estimate, Harry? 100 to 200. 200, with his agreement. You know, his, with his it agreement. was a plan. You Absolutely. Know, Absolutely. And so what he in effect did was at 100 to 200, clearly those in the know about Aboriginal art and artefacts looked at it and went, that's a good thing. I'm going to jump on that. And to boot, that's a fantastic price if I was to get it around. But of course, the market regulates itself. There, you know, there wasn't one person that saw it. There were many. And as you quite rightly say, we had internet bids, phone bids, uh, room bids as well. Which was which was absolutely brilliant, and it just yet again goes to prove: trust your local auction house, trust the market forces. Make sure, don't get me wrong, make sure your auction house is on the sale room first and foremost. Make sure that you look at past catalogues and that they do photograph things well. One photograph is not enough, people. Windsor auctions and Lime Bay auctions, each lot, what anywhere between six and ten photographs, and then possibly more. And this is also, this is another really interesting thing where modern technology helps. So we had a couple of overseas phone calls, obviously from uh, Australia, weirdly, uh, not weirdly at all, um, Australia. Weirdly. And they said, we we would like some additional information. So we said, hang on a minute, we'll ring you back on your mobile phone. Why don't we do a FaceTime call? Mm-hmm. And this is modern technology at its best. And you can move, we'll move, we'll be you, and you can move us around and you can literally like you're stood in the room holding it yeah. yourself. Yeah. And uh, there were two or three of those calls. And that really helps. That is modern technology being utilized to make um, it easier. So, you know, they're on all these platforms, they're out there and about, and people are seeing them. Uh, and it's going, it's going well. It's going well. Really well, really well for those sort for those sort of items. I will make Simon laugh because uh, there was a sort of a there were a few people in the room on the day on Saturday afternoon, and we often do a toy section uh, towards the end of our sales on a on a Saturday, um, and that covers everything from collectible dinkies to yeah. uh, piles of toys or dolls or whatever, etc. And uh, Polly Pockets came up again. Now, the market for these at the moment is hysterical because obviously, you know, I, I will hold my hands up now. I know very little. I've had to educate myself on this. What is a Polly Pocket? What is well, it? Little tiny dolls. They're little Polly in your pocket, literally. Tiny figures of dolls. They come in little tiny houses and gymnastics and, I don't know, Jim Carners and God knows what. Any case. And they're really, really popular at the moment. They made... I think a very small selection made a couple hundred pounds or something, which is yeah, great. Yeah. But you could see four or five people in the room all went, what? Hang on a minute. Polly Pockets. <laughs> it's very funny. What the hell is that? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, one chap said, well, I'm going to the car boot tomorrow. I said, oh, what are you doing that for you? What did you collect? He went, no, I'm going to the car boot tomorrow specifically to look for Polly Pockets. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, I, I'd widen your search. That's a little niche. <laughs> oh, dear. A little niche. We just want to take this opportunity to thank the sponsor of this week's episode, Audible. They're offering listeners to The Gavel and the Gabble one free audiobook as part of a 30-day free trial through our exclusive link in the show notes. And if you can't choose which free audiobook to get, I recommend, and I know Harry would agree, What Am I Bid by Philip Serrell. 
That sounds great. If you fancy something different, Audible has the world's largest selection of audiobooks, including bestsellers, new releases, sci-fi, romances, mysteries, classics, and more. Ah, that sounds great. You can get a 30-day free trial, including an Audible audiobook on us that's yours to keep, even if you cancel. Regular price, £7.99 a month. Renews automatically, and you can cancel easily at any time. Find the link in the description. Quality furniture, that was selling well. Queen Anne-style chest-on-stand in Walnut. Oh, that was that was a nice thing. It was a nice thing. I will tell a story because we won't name the client, but when that arrived, uh, it had all the documents for the family cars in it, <laughs> <laughs> which they'd forgotten to take out, which obviously we returned, but it was quite... There was a panicky phone call going, it's not your fault, we gave it to you with four or five pieces of furniture, and within this piece of furniture was all our logbooks and all the rest of it. Please tell me you haven't thrown it out. And we said, well, we opened the drawer, looked at it, thought that looks really important, put them all in a big see-through envelope and stuck it in our safe. Would you like to come and get it? <laughs> <laughs> um, that was, yeah, that was uh, hotly contested. Walnut is very well, much in vogue, is it not? It is, absolutely. I mean, yeah, didn't we had a chest of drawers, walnut chest of drawers in the last sale. I estimated that, my bad. At 100 to 200, and I think that one made just over a thousand pounds and was yeah. not and was not in great condition as well. So, even in not great condition, demanding some serious prices. Um, and again, but again, this is where you've got again, this is where you've got to make a relationship and trust your local auction houses because a lot of people are throwing that stuff away. Well, it's dark wood, isn't it? It's dark wood, yes, it is, but it's walnut. Back off. <laughs> that mahogany over there, you're absolutely right. You can send that south, but this one's walnut. That's a different kettle of fish altogether. So, yeah, getting a relationship with your local auction house. And and, and we love when people walk in with a bag of stuff and say, just want to check. And they do regularly, don't they? Just want to check. And, and a lot of times we go, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. But really, this is charity or boot fair or whatever, because we're not going to be able to make you a lot of money out of this, out of Granny's China or her souvenir plates or whatever. But we are always delighted to have the opportunity to look. Wouldn't you agree, Harry? Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Now, other things that were interesting. So for the first time since the ivory ban or change in sale of ivory rules, we sold an item with ivory. Yeah, yeah. With its little passport. With its little passport. Its little passport, for, which is how we describe it. But it's an exemption for certificate because it was under uh, the percentage. What was it, Harry? It was a 17th, uh, 18th century uh, walking stick with a uh, ivory top. And so I will talk you through the process because I think this is worth... Mm. I think this is worth uh, our listeners understanding. Michael touched on it, but this is the process. If your item is under 10% or whatever, you go onto the government website and you follow the instructions. You will need a minimum of six photos of the item. So say it's a tea caddy with a ivory finial. Let's use that as an example, or a walking stick. So what we did to make it easy so that all the information was on there is that we measured the walking stick, then we measured the finial, So the record shows that it's under the percentage. It then asks, does it materially affect the value of the item? Well, obviously, it's not going to be a walking stick. It's just going to be a broken stick without this finial. And then you fill in the form. 
you put we put our details as the auction house selling it and the vendor's details as the owner and then we get sent and it gets we got sent a number and that's its passport that number is only applicable for this transaction and if that vendor then wants to sell it on at some point they need the buyer sorry uh who bought it uh, they then need to fill in their thing as well. And it costs £20, that, okay. particular, that particular process. Obviously, you are accepting legal liability. The, all the information you give is correct. And the best to your knowledge that it is correct, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I have to say, I have to say, it was a it was a reasonably, it was a simple process. And I did a dummy run because, as you know, I suffer from complete anxiety about these sort of things um, and sort of filled it in. And you can save your application. Hmm. Um, so I hadn't got enough photos. So I saved it, went off, got went to the photo booth in, in the office and got somebody to take some more pretty pictures and then did it that way. But really interesting. And now that has sold. It didn't make the money that they used to make because of Ivory. We appreciate that. The vendor appreciated that. He was happy on the day. But that's at least it's not being destroyed, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that that got through on the de minimis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Less than ten percent, basically. Less than ten percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why we measured it. Literally, the one of two of the photos are the walking stick with the measuring tape next to it. So all the efforts being taken out for anybody who needs to check and watch, which we felt was the easiest way of the option. Yeah. Do we now know the answer too? Because this came up the other week in the ten percent de minimis. If you've got you mentioned a Victorian tea caddy mm. with a little finial. Mm. Is it 10% of the volume of the tea caddy or is it 10% of the wood and therefore not the void? Do we know? Yeah, it's very tricky and there doesn't seem to be a definitive answer as yet. Um, I couldn't find one on the website. I couldn't mm. it all fathom it out. And I've taken advice from left, right and centre, as you know. Um, mm. And it is... To, I would suggest a grey area. Interesting. But there you go. We thought uh, a quick update on that um, because we chat about auction life, don't we? Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, interesting, interesting stuff um, uh, as to how it actually functions. Yeah, that's and Weirdly, I, I think it's odd. Well, not odd because we've been trying to avoid selling ivory since the ban. But, you know, as we said, we had some interesting conversations with the trade. Some people who are anti-ivory but pro careful selling of it mm-hmm. which is really that's come out of the woodwork that's been interesting so there you go we've back we've talked about it a lot but um yeah so all, all's um all's well so yeah there you go go on the government website and you take it from there that's good that's a good update and tomorrow uh we're on the rostrum down at lime bay yes i hope you bought the jelly babies <sighs> Looks like that's what I'll be doing on the way home from this podcast. Dear listener, they always forget the jelly babies. If you want to send some in, please do. <laughs> Ideally, strap oh. to a new Range Rover for Simon. <laughs> yes, please. That'd be nice if you, if you could manage that. Um, I'll tell you what I'm quite interested in tomorrow, Harry. Now, I could get myself burnt here, but uh, in a rather grotty house clearance, we found some... They look like tall, thin vases, but they're obviously not because they're fill- they're pierced. So it's all pierced yeah. decoration. I, you know, we've been doing this a little while. I'm pretty sure that would make a pretty crappy vase because the water would all come out. Yeah, yeah. Our new chap in the office. Uh, so we were looking at them. I was thinking, I don't know, maybe it's a posy vase that doesn't have water in. Um, anyway, there's three of these. 
They were absolutely black. We polished them up just a little bit so that we could see the hallmark. We now realize they're Chinese. And with a little bit of research, we have established that they are Chinese silver chopstick holders. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And they're getting quite a lot of interest on the website. Um, we actually managed to only, as I say, by having, you know, we don't often do this, but we had to clean them a bit, A, to prove they were silver because they look as black as coal, and B, to get to the hallmark. Um, and they're actually signed by the maker, which is a Chinese fella called Wang Hing. Oh, yeah. So they're, okay. Yeah. So they're signed, and he's quite a prolific silver maker. And what lot number are they, Simon? They are lot number 83 tomorrow, so we okay, are Okay, so a lot number 83. So if we want a bit of fun, uh, podcast listeners, Ooh, uh, we, okay. pub- we publish our results uh, of our sale. So the ne- that evening or the next morning, you will be able to see how lot 83 we're in for a penny in for a pound aren't we simon you know we yeah. do happen to make fools of ourselves and I, but i suspect that these will do very well quite looking forward to auctioneering these now i think you're safe but lock it lot 83 check it out on the website linebayauctions.co.uk go to catalogs and uh, see how they do by the time this comes out they may well actually be well we'll be on the rostrum almost absolutely yeah they'll be on the rostrum but they are they are nice things one of them's got some damage there are weirdly three of them which is an odd number to have one of them is so they've got little never have never have too many chopsticks absolutely they've got little bamboo style feet that hold them up and one of them is missing a foot so that's not good so condition is but they are really sweet sweet things and it was interesting okay, doing dear research. listener dear listener simon's avoiding one thing he hasn't told us what his estimate is on these uh, okay i've now got a check hang on hang on <laughs> onto the website um he knows me. listener that he, this is all flannel <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. Silver Chinese. Here we go. Uh, oh, uh, 80 to 120 I've put on them. Chinese silver. Three Chinese Wang Hing silver chopstick holders. Uh, tool form, open work, bamboo design, marked on base WH90, and a Chinese character approximately. And they're as found. I've got 80 to 120 on them. Mm. Excellent. Wall of Shame beckons. Excellent. So that's nice. <laughs> if you're listening, Mr. Ball from the ATG, uh, reserve a slot for Simon, could you, for uh, for uh, next Monday's issue? Lovely. <laughs> so that would be good. Um, he loves being um, on the barometer. <laughs> oh, absolutely. We've also got a bit of French horn. Okay. Your midlife crisis is continuing. Uh, what, what What's this then? Tell me about the French horn. We have a French horn. Um, that is oh, doing right. very well. Yeah. Came out of a clearance in Axminster and Susie lotted this one. See, that's threw my wife under the bus there. That's going to come back and bite me, I can tell you. Uh, if if only she listened to the podcast. Yeah, she's bored of listening there. to me. She's never she's, she, I'm pretty safe because she's bored of listening to me day in, day out. Anyway, the last thing she really needs is to get in the car when she has a bit of quiet time and listen to us two droning on a little bit more. But yeah, we've got a French horn that's come out for house clearance that is doing very well on the bidding. So that could be fun tomorrow as well, what, Harry. No, what, number, what number is that then, Simon? I don't know. I have no idea. And when you say very well on the bidding, what sort of price? Uh, Let's talk about your estimates and your numbers, because this is what right. you, you, you love to, you love to, well, you love to me out. 
So, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, cased French horn marked mm. Mm, Henry Selma. Right. Who is, uh, isn't he well known for doing saxophones? Oh, okay. I think. Right. Paris, um, blah, blah, blah. Ooh, yeah. Mm. We've got that in a, oh, I don't really want to talk about this anymore. Um, we, we've got that in at 40 to 80. Mm. Mm. Current bid on the website is 200. Next bid, 220. If only the listener could see my face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Matt, you may have to enlarge the wall of shame for me um, for next month. Just, um, just block out those first three or four pages. Yeah, I mean, they yeah, must struggle absolutely. for stories in the certain times of the year. They can just not be in there. Trust me, we can always provide you a story, Matt. You know that. <laughs> that doesn't necessarily. But there you go. I, hang on, hang on. Let's go full circle all the way back to the beginning of this pod and say, look how well the market works. If it's a desirable object, if the condition is good, if it's fresh to market, if it's not necessarily estimated, but if it's estimated aggressively and it is photographed properly, you know, 40 to 80 pounds on that French horn, it's already bid up to 200. We know it's sold. It's now just a question of on the day, how much? And that is a nice place to be. And as auctioneers, how nice is it that we will share with our client in the success of that? We will take our percentage. We will return the rest of them. Everybody's a winner. That, that you've you've wound the podcast up so well. I'm here to help, Harry. What are we? Nearly fifty episodes in, and you've just nailed it. <laughs> yeah, it's taken fifty episodes to nail it. Is that what you're saying? Thanks. <laughs> well, Harry, I uh, I need to let you get back to um, Clemmy Mabel Balin or whatever that new creature's called. Uh, whatever that new creature is called. Oh, bless her. She's got two names. She's got <laughs> she's got too many names. She's got too many names. <laughs> it's not fair, is it? Um, so uh, just quickly, uh, shout out uh, to BNI Ascot uh, this week. I'm doing an auction for them on Friday at Ascot Golf Course. Um, so that's going to be a bit of a hoot. What's that for? Uh, that's for a children's uh, charity. Oh, lovely. Good. And so that's going to be good. Um, and then I'm at Windsor Guildhall on Saturday night doing an auction uh, for a charity that's providing humanitarian, humanitarian, I can't never say that word, so that's going to be tough on the night, uh, humanitarian <laughs> uh, aid for the war in Ukraine. They provide ambulances to help the injured in uh, Ukraine. Fantastic. Well done, Harry. No, it's not well done. It's a busy week in, in the land of auctioning. So I'm doing Monday, Friday and Saturday. I, Sunday, I might have a little lie down. Brian May's guitar on Saturday night. Ah, yeah, Hoping I remember you saying. Things. Hoping for great things. Right, so they've had a shout out. Please like, subscribe, recommend the pod to your friends. Send us, follow us on Twitter, Instagram and all that sort of stuff. Lovely to speak to you, my friend. Get on the road, drive carefully and I will see you fresh from your premier in... Do they still do an Olympic breakfast? Yeah, but I don't have it, sadly. But they got their, their beds are so comfy. I mean, the advert is right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. Uh, See you in the morning. See you in the morning. Love you. Cheers. Bye.